This is the Catch Up Podcast with Katya Herman and her special guest, me. Hello and welcome to my very first podcast. You just heard the sultry tones of Ellie Buckland, who I'm thrilled to be with today. Ellie is a fiddler turned songwriter and is one third of the indie folk band Lula Wiles, a trio of powerhouse songstresses, which is harder to say than you might imagine. (laughs) Ellie grew up in rural Maine on traditional fiddle music and Bonnie Raitt. She now resides in Somerville, Massachusetts, but she makes a living on the road, breaking hearts with every show. (laughs) I feel like I should tell you that I said that. That's not Ellie's (laughs) own bio. She's also working on her first solo recording project. We are also incredibly lucky to be sitting here with Greg List, banjo player with Crooked Still, Bruce Springsteen and the Deadly Gentleman. Thanks. (laughs) As well as being one of the best banjo players in America, Greg has a PhD in molecular biology from MIT and today he's my deeply put upon podcast engineer. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. (laughs) Greg's recording studio, as luck would have it, is in my house. Thanks so much for having us. Um, I was pretty hesitant to start doing a recording podcast recorded podcast for that very reason (laughs) I guess because I was nervous that I would fluff up everything that I wanted to say but then a few days ago on New Year's Day in fact um, I was driving along through the mountains of Vermont along these insanely beautiful snowy roads and that actually is a lie I wasn't driving (laughs) Ellie was driving I was driving (laughs) I was in the front seat and our dear friend Mari Heimbo was in the back seat And we were talking about life and about our resolutions and plans for the new year. And when you're driving along these beautiful roads, it feels like the perfect time to be full of optimism and inspiration. (laughs) And Ellie was instrumental in persuading me to start doing this as a recorded podcast. So I'm truly thrilled to have you as my very first guest. I'm so excited to be here. Hooray! (laughs) Okay, so on Ellie's Twitter bio, a noble place to start... It says that it all really comes down to the fact that I love songs. So, Ellie, what would you love for people to know about your work? I think just that, uh, that it all really comes down to the fact that I love songs. It's also, I I haven't heard that bio in a long time. I wrote it a while ago, and so it's really great to know that it still rings true. Um, And I'll leave it at that. Nice. So what made you choose to do what you do? Many things. Uh, but one of the uh, main ones is that I grew up in a musical family. Um, I'm, my dad's a musician, and uh, I so I've been playing music my whole life, and it's been something that I've loved my whole life. Um, and that sort of that love for it, and the drive to play music and sort of this undying need to do it uh, has sort of only grown since the beginning. And as I was, when I was a kid, um, my parents always joked with me that, you know, I started singing before I could even talk. So I feel like it makes sense that now I'm doing what I'm doing. (laughs) Oh, baby Ellie. (laughs) Amazing. So one of the things that I love doing in the written interviews that I've been doing so far is been finding out about people's daily routines. And this is especially because I feel like, you know, we're lucky to be part of this super close-knit community of musicians here in Boston. But I'm always intrigued and surprised when people say, well, what does that actually mean? Like, what do you do during the day? It's different for everybody, yeah. Exactly. So I'm super interested in hearing about people's daily inspirations, but also their daily routines. So 
my first extremely important question is what is your perfect breakfast for a work day? And also what do you actually have for breakfast? This is a very good question. Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> As anyone who truly knows me will know, breakfast <laughs> is my favorite meal of the day, so it's very important. Uh, and my ideal breakfast is coffee and egg and cheddar cheese and toast and avocado combo of some sort. Nice. And then that's actually very close to the reality. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. So. Okay. So what is your perfect time to go to bed and wake up versus what is the reality oh, of that? No. <laughs> Let's no. get down to it. Um, you know, at one point I I maintained that I was not a morning person. I was just like, oh God, no, I, I, I couldn't do that. And then I went to bed on, t you know, early one night and had, you know, a great night's sleep and woke up at 7 a.m. and it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever experienced. So uh, if you'd asked me this question three years ago, it might have been different. But ideally, I'd be going to bed between 10 and 11 and waking up, you know, at 7. Um, but in reality, I think I go to bed at 12 to 2 and then wake up, you know, between 8 and 10. Uh, That's anyway. still extremely civilized. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you have any kind of fixed morning routine? I wish I did. And so, you know, the fact that I don't right now, I think I'll just, like, give you my ideal morning routine. Excellent. Uh, the aspirational. Yeah, answer. and maybe when I listen to this podcast later, I'll be like, oh, yeah, Ellie, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, which would be, you know, I, I get up and I give myself a full uninterrupted hour of time for myself before I have any responsibilities, you know, so I don't look at my phone in that first hour. Mm. Um, and I make coffee, and so I have a leisurely time to sit in my kitchen and read my book or journal, or uh, maybe I'll go for a run. But just, I think the, you know, the bones, the skeleton of this routine would be this hour to myself um, to sort of get centered for the day. That. Yes. You can't tell because this is obviously an audio medium, <laughs> but I was nodding a lot through that. She was. <laughs> um, so anybody who's ever come to see one of your shows or, in fact, has listened to your album, which is the self-titled Lula Wiles, available on Spotify, mm -hmm. um, they will tell you that, I hope, that you're a phenomenal <laughs> songwriter. Thank you. you are, as well as being an incredible singer. So my question is, do you have a dedicated or preferred space for writing? And what does that look like? I do. Currently, it's my bedroom. Uh, I and I ha in my room. I have this writing desk that I love. It's this beautiful dark, uh, dark wood, and it's from the 1920s. I got it from my friend Billy Beard, who is a great drummer in in this Boston music community. And With the best he, name in town. Oh, <laughs> probably. I know one of the top. Um, he was having a yard sale, and so this beautiful writing desk was just, you know, sitting on his pavement, on the pavement of his driveway, and I, I tried to buy it from him, but instead we traded babysitting time for Aww. his daughter, and, and then I got to, you know, take this writing desk home. And so I have it set up in my room, and it's just, it's gorgeous. It has all these drawers and these beautiful, you know, spots for letters that I've stuck all my little note books in. Um, and so that's where I love to write. Uh, I feel really comfortable writing there, sitting there in front of the desk. And so that's my my writing space. 
Love it. And what is on top of the desk? What are your essential work items or preferred tools of the trade? So in my hands, uh, I have my guitar. I have this beautiful small body mahogany guitar, Martin guitar, and that's what I write on. Um, and then I have a notebook and, um, you know, a fine point pen. It's the Pilot G2 uh, Point oh seven, I think, and <laughs> and I hate the 05, though my bandmate Issa loves 05, but 07 oh, is no. just a little bit of a thicker line. And a notebook. And, you know, I used to have, uh, you know, I used to only want moleskin journals, but now this, you know, a new thing I've done is said that each, you know, each new journal I get is a totally new brand or a new, a new looking journal, which kind of has this fun, um, it's an exciting moment when I get to the end of a journal, meaning I get to pick out the new journal that I get, oh, that I yeah. buy. Because yes. then there's that whole sensory thing of like pencil mm -hmm. on page. Yes, for sure. So so I, I rarely write um, lyrics on on a laptop, but when I do, it's after I've already written them on the page and I'm trying to sort of like get into the nitty gritty stuff of line length and, and rhyme scheme where mm -hmm. I want to be able to like copy and paste and move stuff around on my computer. Mm. But when I'm really going into it at first, it's just the journal and the pen. <laughs> yeah. Love that. So those are your... Those are the essentials. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Um, so what are your work hours like? Um, do you ever try to have a fixed routine or is that just impossible given the nature of your work? I feel like right now it's somewhat impossible because um, I'm going, I often go back and forth between spending, you know, days to weekends to weeks on the road where I'm waking up in random places in a tent or on a couch of a friend um, and spending time in a car. And so my working hours are, you know, like getting to the gig and sound checking mm -hmm. and then playing the show as opposed to writing. But when I'm home, uh, my working is, you know, emailing, but, but sort of creatively it's this, it's time to write. And so when I am home, I try to give myself time to write in the middle of the day, you know, either, either in the morning or, you know, before we get to the time of night where everyone wants to be gallivanting and socializing. <laughs> Everybody so, wants so to be gallivanting. 5 p.m. I don't want to be doing anything anymore. You know, I don't want to be writing. And so, um, so I try to give myself a routine sort of within that time frame mm. as much as possible. So do you work with set goals in mind or do you tend to take it day by day depending on what comes up? Day by day, depending on what comes up. And within that, yes, I work Ooh. for set goals. So um, I, always, I always have a few songs going at once, usually. Uh, so one might be in the end stage of, you know, I'm like tying up loose ends. I'm trying to, you know, finish any of the weird moments, the weird lines in the songs. Or, oh, I just had this, you know, random melody pop into my head while walking down the street and it's on my voice memo. And so today I'm gonna sit down and go through those and try to work on one of them. Um, and, you know, for instance, right now I have this solo recording project that I'm working on with my friend Adam Iredale Gray, oh, and we have, what a guy, and uh, we have a recording session in Toronto coming up in February, and so of the four songs we want to record uh, during that session, only two of them are finished, <laughs> so the one of them still has a, you know, I have to finish writing a verse, and the other I have to finish writing a bridge, so um, those are kind of, that, that's kind of like a technical answer but it does vary 
Yeah. yeah. So when you're writing songs, are there particular things that inspire you or that you look to for inspiration? Uh, you know, I, I think maybe it sounds cliche, but other songs, <laughs> uh, other music, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, going to see a show mm. of a performer I really, really love or, um, you know, whether it's I love their songs or I love their performance, that sort of drives me to go home and mm. and do it for myself. And then I guess the the other thing is lately something that's been, been really inspirational to me in terms of starting to write songs is like whenever I see uh, kind of untamed expression of emotion in the world mm. right now. So whether that's seeing somebody crying on the green line, you know, oh, or, yeah. you, you know, or seeing just like a baby's face when they're, you know, this baby is like looking at their mother and laughing or th these moments of um, pureness in the feeling that that person is feeling. Um, that's lately been. I don't know if I have any songs that could I could tie directly to that, but that's the current the baby's face the, songs. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know any baby catalog. face songs. Maybe you know, talk to me in a year. <laughs> <laughs> My next album. So apart from writing songs about baby faces, <laughs> what are your favorite and actually also your least favorite things about your job? Okay, so my favorite thing about my job is writing songs, and my least favorite thing about my job is writing songs. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I, when I'm having a particularly hard day, it sort of feels like, you know, in my writing process, it feels sometimes like whenever I, you know, writing a new song is like, each time you do it, it's like you're teaching yourself how to walk again and, you know, you're, like, lying mm -hmm. on the gravel road and you're just, like, you know, like, digging your fingernails into the sand, like, pulling yourself up, teaching your, your legs how to do something that you thought you knew how to do yesterday. And you did know how to do yesterday. It's um, like me when I'm ice skating. <laughs> Whoa, we should go. <laughs> you know, it is January. Um, no, but it, it's the thing that... I love the most about it and also it can just you know feel feel terrible and and pushing through that to, to the end of you know having created something you know and then especially if you kind of can know that somebody else a listener has connected with that thing you've created like that makes you know the learning to walk <laughs> um all the all that much better you know it's like Tom Petty learning to fly right oh. Yeah, I'm just imagining you as like a little Bambi. <laughs> oh, no. Like, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you found your feet again, what, mm -hmm. how would you define like a good or successful day? Oof. I think the bare minimum is that I put in the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that... Um, Every time I sit down to write and I sit down to work, I'm not, I don't end up with a great idea. I often end up with nothing that I keep. But um, yeah. over time, you know, I still feel like a really new songwriter. You know, I, I only wrote, started writing songs, you know, four years ago. And so it still feels like 
you know, each time I do it, it still does feel really new. And so um, I think a successful day is just that I did it. You know, what feels like an unsuccessful day is if I went a whole day without without putting in some sort of time to the craft because um, I don't really, yeah, I think that's what makes it a success is continuing to work at it. Totally, they yeah. just do it. Yeah, just do, do it. I love that. I yeah. love that. So what would you say is your favorite part of the day? The morning. Ah. <laughs> yep, fresh coffee in hand. <laughs> yeah, but what about your least favorite? Like four in the afternoon when I want to take a nap or, you know, I'm, you know, that that terrible time of day where it's sort of in between the day and the night where all the gallivanting goes on and it, you're so tired. So I think that would be my least favorite time of day. Mm-hmm. 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 Do you have any hot tips for your work-life balance conundrum? Like what can get you gallivanting as efficiently <laughs> as possible? Well, um, give yourself rewards. So, so one thing that my roommate, uh, Jenna Rose and I, Jenna Rose is a poet and my roommate and I have done these, um, writing challenges for each other where, you know, we spend an interrupted hour working and then we come back together and share what we wrote Mm. or share what we're working on and give ourselves rewards. And so in these, (laughs) in this time we've done it, it, it's cocktails. So I'm, you know, an aspiring cocktail maker I don't know (laughs) mixologist that's true you do make delicious cocktails thank you thank you um and so you know we'll we'll work for an hour and then we'll have a Manhattan and then we'll set another timer and work for another hour and come back together and so um this is an all-day process no this this is more of like an evening (laughs) this happens in the gallivanting time this is this is the moving from working to gallivanting so yeah but that's not even work gallivanting that's the work gallivanting but then my work life uh balance is really important for me uh, to sort of maintain it because I am in a band with two of my best friends. So we mm. we work very deeply together, but then we also, you know, have these strong friendship connections and it's like how to get through the awkwardness that sometimes comes along with having a business or working with, you know, your co-working relationship and then your friend relationship. And so Isa and I specifically, this is Isa Burke, uh, and she and I will specifically have friend dates where we're not allowed to talk about Lula Wiles. We don't, you know, we don't mention the word email. Or, <laughs> um, the dreaded, dreaded I don't, I don't know. And so, and so we, all, we specifically spend time together as friends. And that really helps, you know, keep our, ber- our work-life balance in check. The Isha Burke work-life. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is one of my favorite questions. Um, so I hope that you feel the same way. And okay, it is no pressure. Yeah, just feel really relaxed. <laughs> um, so it is, what is your favorite failure or something that you learned a lot from and that you can look back and say, well, I got through that and so I'm unstoppable? Um, this one is tricky just because it's something that I still feel, I can feel pretty emotional about, but uh, I don't look at it as a failure, but I think it can be in the context of this question, it can be. Um, and that was my decision to leave Berkeley mm. when I did. So I was studying at Berkeley College of Music. I started uh, studying there in the fall of 2011, and I left um, in the middle of the winter of um, 2015, mm-hmm. in the middle of recording 
the Lula Wiles album. Um, and I had been just essentially pretty miserable at Berkeley for quite some time, for at least two years, and had felt I'd just sort of been like pushing myself through it, saying, you know, if you if you leave, you'll be failing. You know, you won't be you you won't finish your degree. You're you're you know, that will be the failure. And that's what I felt until I realized that what was really the failure was, you know, failing to see that this it was unhealthy for me to be mm. there. It was creatively unhealthy. It was, you know, my mental health was, you know, at an all time low and I was struggling so much. Um and anyway, so so the decision to leave could be looked at as a failure, but for me was actually the thing that uh was just this incredible turning point in my creative life and in my my you know my musical professional life it I was I was able to devote so much more time to what I truly wanted to be doing which was writing and performing and working on that as opposed to um worrying so much about the fact that I wasn't doing well you know in a school environment so I feel pretty unstoppable after that <laughs> totally so yeah. one of the things that I really love about the current generation of both existing and up-and-coming musicians mm -hmm. and artists is an ever-increasing value placed on talking about people's mental health. Yeah. And I just love that, and I think that it's so important. And so either with that I agree. in mind or on a more practical level, what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who wants to do what you do? Oh, wow. Um, well, I think... I think, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. I think in the context of mental health, um, you know, rely on your friends. You know, they want to hear if you're struggling or if you're doing well. You know, I, I want to hear that in my friends and being able to rely on them, you know, and to openly talk about um, depression and anxiety, you know, or whatever it is that one is struggling. You know, th those are the two things that I have intimate relationships with, you know, and, um, and so that's sort of in the mental health range or, or um, realm, but then I'll, I'll give, I think, you know, unrelated to that, the best mm. piece of advice I'd give to a budding songwriter is mm. a piece of advice I got from a songwriting mentor of mine, my favorite thing I've ever heard <laughs> from, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of advice. And that's, uh, so you want to be a songwriter, so write songs. <laughs> so, you know, and just do it. Um, if you feel like you can, or if you feel like you want to, that's, you're allowed to. Just wanting to means that you can and means that you should. Okay. So I love that answer. And um, I think that it's the start of a new year. It's the perfect time to just or give ourselves permission just to do what we want to do. And as you say, mm -hmm. just go for it. So with that in mind, what are you most excited about working on in the coming calendar year? The thing I'm most excited about is this project that I briefly mentioned before, uh, which is a recording project with my friend Adam. Uh, he and I work together um, in the context of the Lula Wiles album. Uh, he was producing that and... At the end of that process, we recognized that, oh, whoa, in addition to this great friendship that we've had for many years, this brand new thing that we've realized is 
that musically we found that, that our collaborative energy was really, really great. So I've been, um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to working on it. Um, I'm writing songs specifically for this project as opposed to in the past where I've just written songs and I'm like, oh, well, I'll perform them with my band, which is Lula Wiles. Mm -hmm. And in this case, I sort of, um, I'm excited to exercise this muscle of, oh, I'm going to write songs specifically for my trio with two other women. And, oh, now I'm working. And these songs, these other songs are for more of a rock band with drums and bass and electric guitar and yeah. maybe some keys. Uh, and in this case, the process of creating, the process of writing is the end goal. Whereas with a band, um, with with Lula Wiles, we you know we're writing in order to to perform and to play music and to you know keep this um, keep the train rolling, the Lula Wiles train rolling. But something that's so cool and really inspiring right now is the idea that just working on the songs and being in the studio with Adam and his arranging ideas, his producing ideas you know, that's kind of as far as we've gotten. You know, once this album is recorded, uh, we, we don't really have much of a plan beyond that, and that's something that's so exciting to me, how undefined it is. I love that. Yeah. That is one of my very favorite concepts, actually, especially when it comes to music, mm -hmm. that idea of things being processed rather than product-oriented. Exactly, and that's exactly what this, you know, I, I keep just calling it this project because it's so undefined, but that it's process driven and I love it. We're going to leave you today with two process driven brand new songs written by Ellie Buckland and performed right here in the podcast studio. Thank you so much for listening to my first ever podcast. And that's it. I'll see you next week. All the clouds are Trying to run away January's dreary On the west coast I thought I left my troubles Back in the east But I find them Cowering behind me The shadow of a beast Don't look
Cause I know that I can't get you back 